Well, good afternoon to you. This is Alan Seymour, your host here on All In Sports Talk, Future of Sport. And wow, this is episode 17. Delighted my special guest today is a relatively new colleague for me, although like every time we make connections through conferences or social media particularly, you kind of feel as though they're a brother or you've known them all your life. And this is definitely the case with my special guest, Jeff Wilson, today. He hardly needs any introduction. He's going to tell us a little bit about his background and some of the things he's involved in. But essentially, broadly speaking, consultant, Northern Ireland Tourism Board, CIM member and very, very much into the new age of social media particularly. So, Jeff, delighted to welcome you. Tell us a little bit about where it all began. Alan, uh, thanks very much for asking me to come on to the show. I think this is a great idea uh, and a great way to share knowledge and, and experience. Uh, for me, it all, all really probably began from a marketing, a pure marketing point of view when I left. Uh, university and joined uh, BT and I had a number of different um, roles in BT in Northern Ireland and really I think because of having so many different roles uh, a job came up as the head of marketing and communication of the Irish Football Association which I applied for. I always say there was only one person in for it, that's why I got the job uh, but no, I, uh, I was very fortunate to get the job uh, a very big Northern Ireland fan and I joined the association in 2005 and uh, a small event happened in September 05 when little Northern Ireland uh, slayed uh, St George uh, at, at Windsor Park and we beat the mighty England 1-0 um, and really from that, that really catapulted a lot of very interesting programmes that we did at the Irish Football Association and uh, we did an awful lot uh, of very exciting and very innovative ideas at the association, which meant we, we in a, at, at the end of probably about, well, I suppose about seven, eight years, we doubled our turnover. Uh, we won marketing awards in the UK and Ireland. Uh, and it was just a, a real great time. But as a, as a true fan, it was great, you know, to see how the actual... Um, the fan base was, was taking to the different ideas and to see Northern Ireland football uh, blooming and blossoming. So really, that, I was there for about 10 years, uh, left and uh, joined, uh, set up my own consultancy. Uh, over the last sort of number of years for the Irish FA, I was doing some work for UEFA and FIFA. And uh, as I say, so set up my own consultancy, joined... Um, uh, started to do some work with UEFA, FIFA, started to do some work for FIBA in the World Basketball, started to do some work in motorsport in the Ulster Grand Prix, which is the world's fastest road race. And I joined the board of Tourism NI and started to do some marketing, lecturing at Queen's University. So uh, quite wide and varied, but uh, what a roller coaster of a ride and, and what a great industry to be in. I mean, Jeff, I mean, just listening to you, we're on radio, so obviously there's not necessarily, well, there's loads of word pictures here, but episode 17, as I kind of introduced, over 50 guests, and there's a great consistency here about the intensity, the uh, involvement, the passion, and the real interest, and I think what's striking, and I want 
and I'm putting this out there to students, practitioners, academia, we all share many common uh, associations here, that you've got to have that, but multifaceted. The roller coaster is good, I think, in this instance, because, you know, I've shared a lot of jobs myself. I've been lucky, fortunate. I've seized the moment. And I think all of those things that you talk about there, great lessons. There isn't a one-fits-all scenario. But what does happen about this is that you're trying to get two-way engagement. You're trying to pass on expertise, experience. And I think I'm very pleased, obviously, and without patronising you, Jeff, it was a great little comment you made at the beginning there, that in support of the ideas of a show like this and the way we come together. Because we are a community now, a growing, great global community and at the end of the interview or some way through it I want to talk a bit more about that particularly what you're doing with SEER great conference I attended with you great opportunities coming out of there let me go back a little bit to some of the comments you've already made what would you say you learned most of all using the kind of marketing consideration I suppose in some or all of those roles and if you were giving maybe some advice to aspiring new students, new career aspirants in the world of sport and sport business, sport and entertainment? Yeah, well, I think what, what the biggest shock for me is uh, when I worked at, at BET, uh, I had a huge budget, okay. which meant you could produce TV ads, billboards, integrated marketing campaigns. Um, so you had the budget to do that. When you went to football, uh, you had little to no budget okay but that's but that's good uh, because that's whenever you've got to be innovative and you've got to be creative and I think that was one of the biggest things that that, that, that sort of was my lesson uh, is you've got to be innovative and creative and in sport you can be innovative and creative so for example uh, we did not have any budget to, to produce TV ads the way we did in, in BT, but what we did have we had press conferences when we were announcing our squad announcements we had different events that we could organise that were really unique, we had the passion of the fans uh, that no other um, outside of uh, sport really has so you were really tapping into some of these existing assets that you could really sweat for the benefit of, of the the football brand and in, in my case the Irish FA so I, I, I would say number one is uh, that that innovation and creative and being innovative and creative is, is extremely important I think number two is that the digital side and, and people will say digital but it's how do you get the data of people that you can go and market to people so how do you build up your own channels to market and I think that's extremely important to do I think uh, a third area would be the use of PR. How can you really drive PR, both online PR and traditional PR, as we would know it, uh, to really get your message out? I think number four is a continuous, uh, constant message. When we were at the Irish FA, our message was football for all. Uh, we went through, obviously, some bad times in, in, in Northern Ireland. And football was maybe seen at one side of the community. And we worked with the fans. In fact, the fans led it to really, really have a football for all programme. And that's what you can see right up until last year with the Euros, when uh, the Northern Ireland fans had got a special award from the French government. 
So uh, lots of very interesting, but it was a constant message, football for all, football for all, football for all. But then living out that message in different programmes. Um, when I was at the, uh, at the Ulster Grand Prix, I remember somebody saying, uh, saying, I remember saying to someone, you know, what is the Ulster Grand Prix? And the conversation went like this, blah, 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 blah. It's the world's fastest road race, blah, 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 blah. And I went, hold it, what did you say? The world's fastest road race. And, and uh, uh, since that time, that is the message that we have adopted. So uh, we have been consistent, for example, not only on our football for all message with the Irish FA, but our world's fastest road race with the Ulster Grand Prix. And I think that's uh, in that sort of fourth point, it has to be consistent and it has to be simple. Sometimes people have all these messages and they want to put 23, you know, messages into it. Keep it simple. I mean, that... But do it all the time across all your platforms. I mean, that is so, so important. Sorry just to slightly cut across you there, Jeff, but, I mean, there are so many great little signposts there and, and little experiences. They're not little experiences because every one of those is a builder and, and it really works. And, I mean, I can almost go back in time. I, I mean, it's quite quite interesting I think it you know being both marketers and probably as you say you you lecture now at Queen's University being very much involved in education I remember the time when I started reading Seth Godin and he started to talk about permission marketing and you know we're in the ideas business but they've got to be relevant ideas and you, you can't just put an idea out and hope it sticks you've got to really work on it and, and I know I've talked quite a lot in my recent interviews about content marketing, but I'd, I'm very keen to put that first word in there, which you've highlighted, creative content marketing, and make it personal. You know, the best managers I've ever come across are those who, and I suppose it's my PR background coming out in a way here, that, you know, you've got to make it work. You can create things, you know, that really do work without necessitating, you know, having a, a great massive budget, as you suggested earlier on. So a lot of messages there. We'll be repeating those, and I'll give you a time at the end, hopefully, well, not hopefully, I will do, Jeff, to, to kind of reaffirm perhaps some of those, particularly for, as I've suggested, students and career aspirants. Moving on a little bit... Um, the idea of working for, uh, you know, a, an organisation, a body, let's say the Northern Ireland Tourist Board, uh, without going necessarily into any of the sensitivities that maybe surround something like that, how have you found the transition from, you know, working for an organisation like that, with its maybe limitations or maybe its constrictions, and now almost a little bit like I am, and the reason probably why I'm asking the question coming out of organisational higher education and now doing my own thing. Are there some lessons, do's and don'ts that you could perhaps give us uh, a, a piece of advice on some of those, uh, you know, kind of experiences that you've had in both areas? Yeah, I, I mean... I got appointed to the board of Tourism NI about 18 months ago okay. and one of the reasons why I got appointed to the board was really, to, you know, with my sports background and event management background uh, to bring something, a different angle 
to, to the board members. Uh, we just just to give a little bit of background, okay. um, we would use sport and major events to drive tourism. And so, for example, this year we've got the Irish Open 2019. And, uh, 2019. We've got the British Open. Uh, in terms of golf coming here, I'll uh, be there. I'll be there. Sorry to interrupt. I want to be there. <laughs> sounds, sounds good. And, and you'll be able to come to one of the top links courses in in the world in terms of Port Rush. So uh, we'll maybe have to have a couple of uh, rounds. Correct. The, um, Correct. So the, absolutely. So we, we but we would use sport to tell people that NIPLC is open for business. Yeah. And that is so important because what that's doing is getting a new positive message out about uh, Northern Ireland. And when people come to Northern Ireland, they go, wow, there's so much we can do here in such a, a, a short period of time. So you have everything from St. Patrick's um, in Armagh City and the cathedrals. You've got the Game of Thrones, which yeah. is obviously now a global uh, sensation. You've got uh, the Coast Road, which is one of the top ten coast roads in the world. You've got the Causeway. You've got the Titanic. You've got C.S. Lewis. Uh, You've got the Bronte sisters, who obviously are very famous. Uh, And you've got some uh, very them sporting heroes. Joy Dunlop from the motorbikes. Uh, George Best, probably one of the best in the top ten at least. Uh, I'd probably put him in the top three, but I'm a bit biased. <laughs> um, uh, you've got people like Pat Jennings, you've people like Rory McIlroy, yeah. uh, you've people like Willie John McBride. Uh, you've got so many uh, sporting heroes, uh, Alex Higgins, uh, and, and we believe that this is a sporting nation. So we can drive sport to get uh, use sport to drive tourism and people to say, "Wow, I need to come back here to Northern Ireland." In terms of the learnings, I think what government do extremely well is the whole corporate governance. And I think that is extremely important uh, to have that in place. Everything from uh, the budget setting through to strategic planning, uh, and all of that is so important. You, you know, you, you need to have a clear mission. You need to have a real clear vision. You need to have clear goals and objectives and then a budget that goes in behind that with the resource. And I think government do that extremely well. I think uh, what we're finding is within Tourism NI, because it's a, an arm's length body, it, it's the marketing arm of Northern Ireland PLC. And it is really uh, stepping up to the market in a lot of digital yeah. and how we use everything from augmented reality to virtual reality uh, to really promote uh, Northern Ireland PLC. So I do think there's a lot that the public sector can learn from the private sector, but also the private sector to the public sector. So it's, it's, there's a nice, a nice balance. And, and I'm seeing that there's some brilliant ideas that's coming out of uh, what we're doing in, in, in the tourism side, which is, which is great. I think, Jeff, that's a perfect kind of response and, and it's also a very good segue for me to move uh, the interview, interview forward a little bit. I think your background in event management, I'm always a massive fan of the, you know, activations, whether it be sponsorship, whether it be event and, and how, you know, you don't just put a label on something. It's all about the engagements and what accrues from that. 
I think in social media, what I'd be intrigued about is your views on this, because I've talked it through with a, a number of recent interviews that I've done, and it's almost kind of the do's and don'ts of social media, the do's and don'ts of, of some sides of creativity, which involves disruption and so many other things, primarily through digital, but sometimes traditional as well, historic marketing, as it were. But getting the best out of celebrities. I mean, you've given me some of the top who's who uh, of, of, of sporting, you know, celebrity. Do those celebrities themselves recognise sometimes how influential they can be or how would you advise or what kind of strategies? Maybe with a few examples, if you could, Jeff, of some good experiences you've had, the way in which celebrities do embrace and get involved in doing great things through sport for business. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, people like Rory McIlroy who um, is extremely um, positive, extremely good in terms of not only on his, his digital uh, port, uh, platforms, yeah. but also he understands the role that he plays as an ambassador for Northern Ireland. And that's whether he's on the golf course, whether it's his part of his foundation yeah. uh, that he goes to help uh, people with, whether it is attracting, for example, major players to come and play in the Irish Open here, uh, so he's extremely, um, you know, important. I, I think what, what you're finding now, especially with the NBA uh, players, they now know that they're almost, um, they're nearly become, with, with social media, their own TV channel, their own content uh, providers, yeah. and people want to know about them. They want to know not just so much. Uh, they want to know what you know. What, what what are they doing in the morning? You know, some little behind the scenes before they go to training. Yeah. And I think that's what you're finding. Obviously, Facebook has signed up with a whole range of uh, top uh, sports people to provide video content, and you're starting to see that uh, coming through on Facebook and, and on YouTube. So. People are now starting to follow him because of the platforms. Years ago, because the platforms weren't there, the people weren't there uh, online because of the social media wasn't as developed as what it is now. But still, people years ago would have went, uh, would have done it the traditional yeah. way, that would get in their car and went and seen them. <laughs> so, whereas now uh, we've just become lazier, and what we do is we just follow them on on, on social. But for me. Um, I do think that people are now starting to become more clever and understand the role that they've got to play on social media about not only their brand, but maybe sponsors that are involved with them, uh, other events, or when they play for their national team, especially their national team. I mean, can I just say as well, I mean, you've mentioned George Best, you know, we're fantastic footballer, one of the world's greatest and he, he plays for the other team that obviously I'm not going to mention in my, in, in my connections with my beloved Liverpool. But what I would say here is, you know, that celebrities are so, so important and sometimes, obviously, people want to know more about them. As you've said, you know, we don't want sanitisation of, you know, the sports person and the sports celebrity. So do you think going forward, 
where next for social media? You know, some of these celebrities, you know, I remember Shankly and I remember some of the greats and Matt Busby and many others would probably be the same. You know, no one player is greater than the football club. And, you know, I sometimes get this, you know, notion. I don't sometimes get it because I know it's there and it's a massive irritant to me. You know, player power, I suppose, is what, what it's called. So in terms of where they are in terms of brands, their own channel, their own voice, their own marketability, if you like, is sport per se, maybe from performance or maybe even from how sport's going to grow from grassroots upwards, is it going to be affected by this almost power that the individual has? What are your views on that, Jeff? Yeah, I think it has an influencing effect. Okay. Um, and I think there's a number of different factors. There is the traditional media, the, the digital media, as well as the ambassador stroke uh, athletes themselves. Um, so there are a number of factors of which, undoubtedly, those uh, athletes will have a, a very important role to play. I think what we're, what we're seeing now is that people want to have uh, small snippets of content when they want it, how they want it, uh, where they want it. Uh, they don't want to watch, you know, three hours worth of, of video. They, they want to watch uh, short bursts, whether that's on their mobile, whether that's uh, on a tablet, uh, and wherever that may be. So I think our consumption of content and how we consume content is definitely changing. Yeah. And I think the, the athletes will have. Um, an influence on that and that will become a lot more uh, stronger over time I think what will be interesting to see is uh, how the likes of the social platforms the space they get into where traditional TV are yeah. at present and we're starting to see that already happen uh, because sport is one of those great content providers that people want uh, if you go to, you know, the cable operators, sport is one of those that helps to keep up their subscriptions. Um, and I think as the likes of Apple and Google and Amazon, as, as we now have seen yeah. with the NFL deal, them getting into that space away from the subscriber type model with the, the, the cable operators, I think is going to be a very interesting space uh, to, to, to watch. And then I think the content as these athletes I think they will become a lot more um, clever number one how they use the social media for their own brand and to build their own brand and then the benefits that come from that but I think the real good athletes they'll sit back and say okay how can I physically be involved uh, in these sports tech startups Yeah. and therefore uh, and again we're starting to see that in certain bits of America where they're taking over and purchasing everything from esports teams right the way through to um, you know performance uh, technology products so I think you know you, we will see the athlete becoming a little bit more of a content provider a anchor man in uh -huh. terms of the news and also a businessman I quite I'm quite intrigued here and I, I never want ever 
but I probably can't resist, if the truth be known, to, to, to kind of throw a fastball in or to kind of be provocative in every good critical sense for our industry, because it's only by learning and, and sharing this. Tottenham Hotspur, great football club, fantastic developments there. Um, they've ran the club very well with good management and good new, new, new players, etc., etc. They've always had an ownership kind of which will always explore the best commercial opportunities. So inherent in that is kind of my uh, question, I suppose, that I hear, I think it's reliable, that the new stadium is going to be hired out and the figure I saw quoted uh, the other day was about three million pounds per event to host esports events. Now, there's also a sideline here that esports, and I had Tom Halls on the other week on one of my shows, and some great things coming out of esports. Will it become, you know, that will there be an Olympics of esports? Will it become replaced traditional participatory sport that you and I would go to a stadium to watch the? the game in reality but there is an association that it's addictive that the gamers who are playing and, and all the recent publicity i've seen which i support you know to have some controls on uh, what i see maybe as addictiveness in gambling have you got you know it's a general point i'm making it but perhaps you've got some views here particularly on the future of esports if you like and maybe uh, if you feel it warrants it jeff you could comment on maybe some of those issues that i've put out there into the discussion here yeah i mean i think uh, first and foremost esports is going to, to get bigger yep. I think there'll be more rules and regulations and more events and how it regulates itself uh, we will see more traditional sports getting involved in esports the Asian championships have just picked up yep. esports as, as a game so I think uh, there will be even more people playing and watching Um and if you think about it, somebody might say, well, if their son or daughter, their grandson or granddaughter, they've all got an Xbox or they're all playing some sort of a game. That's what they're brought up in. Yeah. That's what they know. So that will definitely happen. Second of all, I think we will have a chip that will be in our, our arm. And that is how we will pay for everything. Uh, I, I believe that's how we'll pay for our tickets. That's how we will truck from A to B on flights there'll be no such thing as a passport uh, I think then the data that's generated on the back of that right the way through you'll be able to identify what your heart rate is it's whenever Liverpool is <laughs> don't go there uh, and I because if you look at the minute of wearable technology and where wearable technology is now at the elite level what it can the data that it can get and I think that will happen, but it'll happen by having a chip in, in your arm. Uh, people ask me, well, why do you know that? Well, there's chips in dogs. Normally, if it starts in dogs, then it comes to us at some stage. And there's always issues with the likes of credit cards getting stolen, money getting stolen. Well, you can't steal your arm. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that will definitely uh, happen. And I do think that there will be... Um, a lot more, let's say, that entertainment, whenever people go to those stadiums, that they will have their smartphone out, they will want and will demand other content. Now, I'm a purist. Yep, me too. So, I, I, I think, you know, if you're there to watch a game, you should watch the yep. game and enjoy the game. Uh, there is a time for uh, the likes of, 
you know, being on your smartphone. But that's the way that we think. That's not the way uh, other people think. The, the young people coming up now. So it's got to be a happy medium between be, between all of that. But I, I, I think we will see a big, big change and the role of technology, a more disruptive technology coming on board that will really, and I, I, I think I said recently that for me, I think one of the biggest jobs uh, when we talk about, you know, we've talked about maybe students as well, yeah. I think one of the biggest jobs will be a, a data analytic individual, be that on high performance or be that on fans engagement or be that on stadium operations. As we get more data, we will need to be much better at developing algorithms. We will need to be much better on how we analyze the data that's of benefit for the sporting organization. And data analytics is what we will need more and more of. So I see a lot happening in that. And the last area I think I would see a lot more would be in artificial intelligence. And I think that will probably really start and kick off in a number of years as well, uh, where there'll be different algorithms that will be for every aspect, be it the stadium, fans, engagement, or be that on the, the, the performance side. I mean, Jeff, that, that, that is a brilliant, brilliant and, and fascinating, interesting, but I believe also very insightful and very effective as a piece of advice to, to, to many of my listeners and also uh, to the marketplaces that we both, you know, inhabit and going forward and learn from. Sadly, you know, we've not come quite to the end of the interview and I want to continue it if I may, but we'll try and bring, and, and I think some of the last points you make there is a kind of nice little segue summation for us. Um, you know, big data, digital analytics, I know many of your colleagues, you know, I've, I've had some of those on my show, you know, I'm just thinking about Fiona Green as a, as a good example in, in, in terms of the way you can actually... Uh, you know, use data and use analytics, but you're using it and implementing it for a reason, not just for the sake of we've done a checklist or we've got some surveys or we've got some marketing out there. So my kind of final area, uh, and I think it's in all our interests, me and you particularly here, we met for the very first time. Uh, okay, we've met online, but at the recent CIT conference at Twickenham, Tell us a little bit about See It, would you? Because I was really impressed with everything that went on there. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping to uh, to join with you all a lot, lot more over the coming, um, you know, influences that can be brought to bear in some of the events that you're going to host in the next few years. So tell us a little bit about your role there. Tell us a little bit about the philosophy, maybe, of See It. And, and maybe in summation, then, you can give some uh, shout-outs to to you and anybody involved, and we can kind of do some closure on today's great interview. Jeff, thanks. Great job, Don. Um, see It, for, for, for me, um, has been... Fantastic! I got involved about two years ago when I was asked to speak at the conference on the Ulster Grand Prix. Okay. The world's fastest. Yes, repetition, uh, repetition. Repetition, repetition. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and um, and I give the presentation, and Christine, who uh, okay. runs SEAT, said to me, "I'm into motorbikes." So all of a sudden, we had a connection. Uh, <laughs> gets back to that sports community that you were talking about Absolutely. Earlier. So then she asked, would I go to Las Vegas 
to speak to the American CIAT, which I did, and went really well. And and then obviously I, she asked me to get involved as a steering committee member within the UK and Ireland and Europe. And really, CIAT really is all about knowledge sharing, knowledge exchange, and it's saying, look, if you've got some things in your mind, let's on a panel discussion or a presentation share them with other like-minded people so that everything, everybody will raise up their bar and raise all together. So it's not a matter of, I'll keep my information to myself. It's more, here's some things that happened well. And in some cases, and I would say more in America, they actually are very big into, here's things that went wrong and yep. why they went wrong. So it's all about that learning and that knowledge exchange. So they would look at everything from digital, fans engagement, CRM, uh, technology, all of those sites. And they would have uh, conferences, they would have webinars uh, to really help the industry learn from each other. And to me, that is so important. And that's why shows like, like your, your show, Alan, is so vital for the industry. Um, I am no expert we all have thoughts, and those thoughts, if they help people to expand knowledge or maybe think a little bit different, well then that that can be positive. And then what we can have is a debate. I always think that's something that's missing in our life sometimes. Uh, not an argument, but a debate. Uh, and in years gone by, people debated things, and then that's where they got lots of knowledge. And it's the exact same here. And, you know, you probably have many students that will be listening to, to the show. What I would say to them is go and network. Go out to these conferences. Go and meet uh, these people and individuals. I had a friend did that and ended up getting a great job uh, in, in, in Geneva in a sports organization because he had the, the, the get up and go to go to a conference and to put himself forward. I would say to the, the students build your CV, you might have to go and do some voluntary work, go do it now. Why? Because there's other people the exact same boat as you, so what makes you different? And I wouldn't just sort of focus maybe on one area. Normally whenever, you know, I, I would get a lot of students contact me about different advice. Um, I would never say to them, no, don't focus on one area. Broaden your horizons as much as possible be that sponsorship, merchandising, branding, marketing, communications, um, whatever. So you get a broad knowledge and then you'll see what you're really good at and you can focus there. But to have that broad knowledge, I think is so important. So I would suggest to, to the students, go to conferences. I would suggest to the students, build your network, Well, that's on LinkedIn or social media. Start blogging. And, and, and that blogging helps because you're helping to research. Yeah. So that builds up your, your, your area and build up your CV. Go to a sports organization, uh, ask and say to them, you know, to help in certain areas. And that will help you to see really what you're really, you know, what really inter interests you in the area of sport. Because one thing's for sure, we work in a fabulous industry. And uh, there's so many people wanted to get into it uh, and there's always a way into sport and, and my advice would be um, you know, never take no for an answer 
there's a hope where there's a will, there's a well, there's a will, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. <clears throat> but you really do have to uh, always stretch yourself. Like even now, I'm always for myself. Yes, we've got into esports and different. So you're always stretching yourself. Yeah. But then you're giving that knowledge back to other people and sharing that within the community. Jeff, you can hear a phone ringing in the background. This is just to show what a great live show we've got here. But we're going to continue. You know, everything... I mean, I've got so much out of this interview, and I don't mind, obviously. And I'm sharing that. And you've got to be as open as possible. I just want to quickly, maybe... We'll extend it a little bit further. Just come back at you with, with a few of those things, because we share so much. Critical commentary is great, People sometimes are afraid of it. You know, I say to my students, if you've got an opinion, tell me about it. If there's a problem, let's discuss it. Put your point of view forward. You know, you said, you know, I may be no expert. We can all say that. You know, you don't just dominate because you've got a little title, or in my case, I'm a little bit older maybe than most of my audience. But you talk with authority. You talk with sharing. You know, you can't see it on radio, folks, but in school we always used to do this, you know, when we were doing our homework. Don't look at it. Well, my book is very open, you know. That's why, you know, if I'm opening a shoe shop, I'd open it up next to other shoe shops and not out of town somewhere. We can all compete together. We can all show our points of difference or our points of parity to get our message across. So... Thanks so much today, Jeff, for the, for the plaudits in some way and, and, and the shout-outs to progress this show. I'm going to be hosting many conferences over the next few years. You're cordially invited. I hope we can share a lot more through SEER and anything else. I set up the very first sport marketing conference in universities in 2010, and it was dedicated to the future of sport. I've taken that through now to, if you like, the ownership and what we're doing here. And it's going to progress, but I only can do that with the, with, with the support of others. The second conference I did, and I wasn't shouted down, but I can still see the kind of, are you sure you want to do that, Alan? Was a student dedicated and run by students. And we've got to have that. And the students from the University of South Florida are coming over en masse, 50 of them, uh, for a whole week of entertainment in sport, conferencing, visitations, going out, sharing some connections, uh, and more of that going forward. It's in uh, November, middle of November. So, Jeff, great to have you on the show today. Just sign off by saying how my uh, listeners and anybody in our great business that you talk about, the sports business world, how can they make contact with you, Jeff? Well, people can contact me on Twitter at uh, JFWMJWilson or on LinkedIn uh, or indeed on Facebook. And my email address is jeff at jeffwilsonconsultancy.com. Jeff, fantastic to be with you today. Watch this space. More going forward. Uh, and, and you have a great week. Take care, Jeff. <laughs>